Welcome, everyone, to episode 18 of the Sportkite podcast. I am your host, Nick O'Neill, founder of Sportkite.org, and I want to thank you for tuning in and listening. This podcast is a part of the website, Sportkite.org, and it's a growing resource for Sportkite flyers and enthusiasts. It is all volunteer-run and updated. So if you're interested in supporting the podcast or the website, go to buymeacoffee.com slash Sportkite. You can also find us on Facebook, and we'd love to hear what you think, whether you agree with us, disagree with what we're saying, or maybe just kind of want to add something of your own. In this episode, I sit down with two folks that have been a part of the Sport Kite podcast from the beginning, and they have just announced that they are launching their own boutique high-end Sport Kite brand called Canvas Kite Designs. We get to know more about their efforts, their intentions, and what spurred them to branch out on their own. So let's get started. Uh, I am here with Devin Kobley-Morrison and John McCracken. Would you guys like to say hi? Hello. Hello. <laughs> and uh, they're uh, frequent guests here on the Sport Kite podcast. And here just recently, they have launched their new boutique high-end uh, kite building company. And I'm going to hand it over to them to kind of talk about it. And let's get some more information about it. So welcome, guys. Uh, yeah. Hi. Yeah, thanks, Nick. It's uh, happy to be here. Apparently, <laughs> I'm starting. Um, so, hello, everybody. I am John McCracken. I am the builder, sewer, shipper, website operator for Canvas. Um, have been in the kiting community for 15, 16 years now. Started flying in about 2005. Um, have been on the building repair side of things for maybe 10 years or so. Uh, so, that's me in a nutshell and go for it, Devin. Sweet. Um, well, my name's Devin Cobley Morrison. Um, I started flying at the ripe old age of four in 1995. Um, so that's been, that's been a hot minute, uh, about, oh my God, what year is it? 25 years? Tw 2021. <laughs> yeah, a long time. Um, I got involved with Skyburner kites, uh, about 2011. I was always kind of helping them doing, you know, like some modding, dialing things in, et cetera, on all their prototypes. Then I got into the design aspect with the Solus around then in 2011. Um, and that's kind of been where I find myself uh, to be the happiest in, in kiting is, is the design and the nuts and the bolts and all that fun stuff. And that being said, I um, work with John on a lot of stuff. I'm obviously in Canvas, but the design aspect, the media, um, the bridles, et cetera. Um, those will all come from me. Um, and John, of course, will be literally doing all of the building. So. Awesome. So when did you guys kind of come up with this idea to start out on your own with a sport kite building? Oh, geez. We, was we talked about it for a while and it was kind of, kind of one of those things that was way off in the distance. Um, and then it just kind of came to fruition almost out of nowhere. Um, Devin was, and Devin, correct me if you're, if I'm wrong, was with uh, John and Marianne Trample of Skyburner and Kites and Fun Things 
when <clears throat> we were working on some of the intention prototypes and they kind of suggested, Hey, why don't you guys just, just do it. Mm -hmm. And, and we kind of took it and ran. Yeah. We had talked about it. So back when the spur was a thing, um, if anyone looks it around on the still internet, still is. Well, yeah. Like, sorry. Like, <laughs> like when it was being developed. Yes. As it was being birthed, which is kind of a gross term, but um, we, like, I had sewn the first prototype, uh, the blue and black one that's all over the Facebook world. And then John had come in, give or take about a week after that. And at this point you were sewing a bunch and we had a bunch of time in the pandemic and he had come over to my place for about a week. We had sewn six, five, I think. Yeah. Some were uh, quite a few of them. Um, <clears throat> And it was kind of a nice match because I tend to be a bit of a fundamentalist and very like rigid and everything needs to have something for a reason. And John was like, very like, let's just do it and open-minded. And that, I think actually that started with like, even just being ambitious with picking colors. Um, and then we got the spurs done and we took them to the shop and they actually thought John and Marianne originally were thinking we were going to go off on our own. Um, we didn't want to because they're basically our kite parents at that point. Um, and then they had manufactured the spur for, you know, that year. And we had obviously had a lot of other things being worked on at, at the same time. Um, and then when we did come to them, the intention was actually supposed to be a surprise for them, um, which did not, <laughs> didn't go very well. Um, John was going to golf one day and ended up <laughs> being on the same kite field that we were with a suite of kites. And we were like... Oh, and it was, that. <laughs> it uh, was dark. Out. It was um, like we were testing these kites and it was, this was what November, maybe December. And it was like seven o'clock. It was dark. We're flying under the lights next to a dog park and it up walks John <laughs> Trenopal. And I look at Dev and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. What is he doing here? <laughs> yeah. And Marianne at this point, she knew that it was going to be a surprise. Like they were all on board for it. Um, but ultimately, um, yeah, they, they suggested and they were, they're very much behind it. Um, just us standing on our own two feet as, you know, times change and as things go on. And obviously we thank them a lot for that. At first it kind of felt really weird. Um, yeah, there was a, there was a part of it that at least on my part, I was a little hesitant because I, I didn't want to disrespect them. Yep. You know, going out on our own like that. And then, you know, to, to have them turn and say, you know, we, why don't you guys do this? Um, it felt good. It was nice. Mm -hmm. um, the element of trust was is good. And we obviously trust them. And I idolize both of them for various reasons, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. Any any kiter, that that should be a staple name, the Trenopoles and Kites and Fun Things and Sky Shark. So yep. um, to be kind of raised if you will under that tutelage and mm -hmm. that guidance and also that standard um standard for sure is a lot um and i realize that kiting is a small niche but like just that standard in general is a lot but to have them say like you know you should you know do it go out on your own um it was reaffirming in that essence um because i don't think this would have happened if we weren't at that point so Anyways, um, it was crazy. Um, 
Some of it was intentional, no pun intended. Some of it was a hilarious, are you kidding me? Um, but ultimately we knew that as times changed, like like the new generation, we, like someone's got to step up and we've got to get new younger blood into the sport at the same time. You know, like um, you, you have to. At one point, you know, like the older generation gives us all their expertise and is very open with their knowledge and very generous. And they still are. Um, again, some of them basically helped raise me. But it, then there comes a time where you have to, you can either just take that knowledge and keep it and be maybe a little selfish or you can give it back. And that's In, where we are. Yep, insert canvas. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, so what's with the name? Why did you guys pick Canvas Kite Designs? What story do you want? <laughs> um, uh, there's there's three. I mean, this is the Sport Kite Podcast, so it doesn't have to be PG-13 if it's uh, not. A, oh, just, no. Yeah, they... There was, there's no like okay. canvas loincloths involved. <laughs> like there's none of that. Hey, I, yeah. I'm advocating that uh, would be great merch for later on. Right? The canvas loincloth yeah. and the sport kite, you know, thong. Loincloth loin with pockets. Ew, a thong for like with like a 50 pound laser pro right in the bomb crack? No. <laughs> like <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. back on track, Devin. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Uh, so my side of it was in the design process, uh, we kind of always started with a blank canvas. We didn't, we, Devin, <laughs> didn't really look at anything. Yeah, yeah, there's inspiration and other stuff, but, you know, nothing was like, I want it to do that like that kite does. It was very much... Let's start from scratch. Let's start with a blank canvas and and go from there. Um, to to the point where we were working on a, a design on some paper, and he was like, "Why don't we call it Canvas?" Mm -hmm. and I'm like, "Okay." Uh, and that was that was tabled for the time being. I think it's now codenamed Herman in in my computer. Yeah, but <laughs> um, that's kind of how I see it, you know, we started on the blank canvas side of things and uh, the art person will take the artistic side of things and explain, hopefully, yeah. his side. Um, kind of tapping into my fundamentalist nature, like when, when you build and are inspired by so many people and also have people that trust you to share information and for you to share information with them, like, yeah, I didn't really have a goal for any of these when I started. Um, it was, it was kind of like, okay, I want different personalities. And instead of thinking like, I want a kite that does everything or this or that and the other, I said, well, I want it a little bit. I want it to have this feature. And then that influenced whether that's like the leading edge shape, the trailing edge shape, the peaks in the trailing edge, the broad seaming, eventually the depth, the bridles were always a given. Um, I kind of had a, I guess you could say it was like a fuzzy barrier because you can't, if you start something with no goal at all, it could be a little hairy. Um, but yeah, so we did that. And then ultimately it was, it was very clear that because the, of the fuzzy boundaries, we needed three, um, three kites with three different personalities. 
and we were working on, and still are, um, kind of like a beginner kite. And at one point we toggled between the name Canvas and Shapeshifter. And Herman. And which is now Herman. And the point was to be able to take a kite with various frames or bridles and you can keep the sail, but have a setup that was so good or so efficient or whatever you want to call it that you could order a different frame set or something like that. And you could see how the various differences in the equipment worked. Hence the name Shapeshifter. Um, I guess you could call it feel shifter, but that's also maybe a little awkward. That's a little so, creepy. Yeah. So we don't like that. Um, Stay away from that. And we went back and forth through a couple hundred names. Oh my goodness. Um, Way more than that. Yeah. And we always joked saying, you know, the name would be it literally in front of our face and it was in front of our face. It was, it was rolled <laughs> under the couch. Yep. Well, under our face. So, but there's that. And then like John said, you know, you're starting with a blank canvas and ultimately uh, with my philosophy and what, how what I take very seriously in kiting and, and progression, both this and how it was influenced through my line of work, being a classical musician and at one point a college teacher, um, I wanted to, to, you know, have something to basically just say like, here's your tool, here's your piece of equipment, like the sky or whatever you want to conceive it as, like is your canvas, like go do it up these kites will do whatever you need them to, but you need to know how you work and you need to be deliberate and intentional. Again, no pun intended. There's a reason why I named the kite intention. That's another reason. So that, that word's going to come up a lot, just, just, just in my vocabulary. Um, but you need to know what to do and where to place them. Um, and then again, you can, you can make this blank canvas, whatever you want. It's the sky's the limit. In this case, the sky's the sky, but you know what I mean. The sky's the limit. <laughs> like... <laughs> so I very like short answers to that. Yes. Whoops. <laughs> the, so the too long didn't read answer is, uh, it comes from blank canvas and your thought process there. And Herman. And Herman. And Herman. Yeah. We love Herman. Good old Herman. <laughs> All right. So uh, right now you guys have three models, the crux, the spur, and the intention. Um, what makes each one of those models unique or special? Uh, so like what are some characteristics that make them different from other kites? Oh, All man. you. I got the, the designer. I got the pointer, the finger. I was going to say the finger, but that's weird. So there's You can three... have that too. There's three distinct personalities in this. Um, one of them will come with a short story. I'll try to keep it short. Um, all of the names obviously mean something. Um, spur, to like be spurred on or to have a spur of motivation. The crux, or in this case, like the cornerstone, which is actually a name that we toyed with for the kite. Um, that is that's going to fall in the fun category. And the intention is basically a kite that reflects the lessons of one of the most influential people in my life. Um, I actually have the word intent tattooed on my arm um, from her. <laughs> um, so I think it's really important in a line that a line is a line, right? It's not theme and variations. Yes, they're all dual lines, but in this case, they need to have three distinct personalities. Otherwise, why would there be three, right? Like, why wouldn't there just be one? um updated if you will <clears throat> so the spur is the small kind of fireball of the group um 
fair, like reasonably deep pitch. It's it's a trick kite. It's it is a three quarter kite. Um, it's fairly shallow for kites this around this time, so it can be very spinny, not oversteery, like flat spinny. Um, lots of tazes, multiple tazes, etc. Um, moderate pull. Um, for those that like the three point bridle, it has that feeling of connection between all three legs. Um, all that fun stuff and. One of the other reasons why I wanted to make these kites different is that the spur has straight tubes in the leading edges, which we'll get to in a second. The next one is the crux, which uh, <laughs> I I won't lie to Just you. Just a bad actually, out of hell. It, it came across as a joke. Um, we, we were kind of drawing it up and we were like, what if this is going to be like the most hilarious, like just fun kite that we've done? Um, and that actually became the goal. Yeah, that became the goal. We we laughed about it, and as we were redrawing the plan for the second shape, we we did various things. Um, whether that be moving the we moved the curve downward in the leading edge, um, we changed the trailing edge peaks, some some things like this, um, which ultimately impacted quite a bit of, on the kite. Um, and that kite is actually kind of goes against my my firm thoughts on on kiting. This one is by far the most it's a riot yeah it's you can just go out and just bang the crap out of it and have a good time um the kite was my saving grace when i was developing these um john would always call me or when he was here i'd get really caught up on one detail and he's like don't lose sight of what the crux gave you and we would go fly the crux and just laugh uh, <laughs> like like it's hilarious it's it's by all means refined but it's hilarious like it's just, it's just good fun, good extreme fun. Um, and that kite does have uh, an adjustable reverse turbo bridle to give it a, you know, if you don't want to go too far out, you can dial it in. Um, but yeah, and then the intention is, oh, sorry, the crux is a full tapered frame, which distinguishes a little bit from the spur. And then the intention has, you know, the larger OD tubes in them. So they're the nitro line. Um, and that one was always, it kind of falls into what I take very seriously in kiting. And I want, I want a kite that forces me, not forces, but it is very deliberate in showing me where its sweet spot is. It'll do something. Say you're doing a 540 and you don't hit the sweet spot. The intention will do it. But as you exit the trick, it'll kind of give you this little persona that's like, yeah, you could have done that better. <laughs> like, um, and it that was intentional, no pun intended. Um, because you don't have I, to say no pun intended. After I was gonna say you no. say that after every I feel, time. I feel so stupid saying it. Yeah, <laughs> um, just go with it. It was yeah, intentional. It, it was intentional. <laughs> um, and I like this because when when you're kind of egged on or spurred on into to hitting the sweet spot, that was intentional. That was intentional. Um. No pun intended. I hate you. When, when you're <laughs> when you're pushed into into hitting that sweet spot, I think it it kind of inadvertently forces you to have a little bit of a higher standard for yourself and then develop your eye, your your hand, your whatever. And ultimately, for me, gr again, growing up, I grew up. I didn't go to a bunch of kiting events. I grew up around a kite shop where I was exploring various models and different people coming in and. I love all kinds of different kites and I respect all of their personalities. And to have a kite that 
that kind of coerces you into hitting its sweet spot, helps you train your eye and train your ear or your mind or whatever to raise that bar. And to me, it's opened up my enjoyment and appreciation to all the nuances in so many different kites. Um, really just in the last year, year and a half, I think John can speak for this. Like both of us have been just yeah, like, about a year now. Yeah. It's like, Whoa, like it, it, it has been, it's been a game changer. Um, yeah. I mean the, the intention, uh, the best way, I guess the, the line all together, you know, we've got our three, we've got our, our fast little guy and then the crux in the middle. That's, that's just, it's, it's a hu a hoot. And then we've got our, you know, our elegant refined intention. And like Devin was saying, the intention likes the right touch, but it also is a kite that very much, uh, gives back what you put into it. If you're going to go out there and ham fist it around, it's going to ham fist you back. But if, yep. you know, you take that elegant approach approach to it and, and are gentle and, and talk nice to her and she'll, she'll give you everything. Well, you're meeting what it was built for, for what it is. And that yep. goes back to, again, the lessons from my mentor on the horn. And like when I was going through injury recovery, you're talking about like, like the horn will tell you when it's right in terms of the sound production. It will tell you where things need to be, where the sweet spot of the note is, et cetera. At this point, I couldn't feel anything. My nerves were blown out and I, I had no choice but to listen as much as I didn't want to. I wanted to like feel again. And that sounds terrible, but it's true. Like actually feel again. Um, so when I had that kind of moment there, I was like, man, like how, what, like what a profound experience that was. Um, and from that point on, I had been looking for something in the sky that in the words of Liz, my mentor, um, enables you to go out and simply just present your preparation in the way that you can. Um, and for me, that, that was the intention, um, which is why it's named after her because she always says that we need to turn, you know, you need to turn your nerves when you're presenting this, you turn your nerves into intent. And the second we finished the spur, I looked at John and said, I want to do a, I want to do a granddaddy kite. And that's the name. And we just looked at each other and said, okay. Yeah. Thank God it didn't turn out to be a full size spur. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was the original plan was let's blow up the spur and go from there. And, uh, we got so much more out of starting this kite at ground zero than we yep. would have if we just, you know, blew up the spur and it went that route. There's a place for theme and variations and that might come down the road, but right now it's not the place. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't, I honestly don't know if we could have gotten more out of this kite. Uh, I don't think so. You know, through the various versions, you know, we, holy cow, I have in my prototype box, what, 10 sales? Easily. At least. And then drafts in my computer, probably 15. And in those yeah. 15, those are raw, probably changed at least 20 times. Yep. So, I mean, it was a labor of love for sure, but it, 100% worth it. So we're into ask it. Me, ask, ask me that again after I finish selling the first batch, but <laughs> certainly, certainly great. Uh, so speaking of your first patch, uh, 
right now you guys are offering fully customizable colors. Yep. Is that for all three kites? It is, yeah. So all three kites uh, have a full custom option. The intention has uh, two custom options, a, a partial where you can just kind of change the stock colors, if you will. Uh, there's a light and a dark option for that. And then a full-blown um, full blown custom option that you can do as you please. And I've already seen some, some interesting ones from Devin that I will never make. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I but, know... I know all the colors he doesn't like to put together. Yes. Like, so I just had fun. But yes, uh, <laughs> full, full customs across all across the line are available and uh, in all versions in our ultralights and our standards and they are available. I know with uh, some previous uh, boutique builders, they kind of had a right of refusal when it came to certain color combinations or layouts or what have you. Are you guys implementing a policy like that? Or are you just saying, this is what you pick, this is what you get? <laughs> is the best answer probably. Okay. I, I mean, really, I, I understand why some of these, yeah, these other I, designers I and builders really have wanted wanted. to go that route. Yep. Um, hence the partial customs. That was a, a big thing for me. I, I really wanted to be able to have the intentions look like intentions. And, you know, after talking with some, some good people in the community, you know, with both Devin and I, they, they pushed us and, rightfully so to do full customs. And at this point, I, I won't flat out refuse anybody. I don't think, uh, unless it's a color that I don't have or am waiting on. But other than that, I may make some suggestions, but I'm not going to flat out say no, I don't think unless one is just like, just bad. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> we we uh, inherited in our house a kite from one of Paul's previous endeavors that we jokingly call. Oh, the brown one? No, we call this one the oh. Sherbert. Oh. Um, because it oh, is, I got one of those designs today. Yeah, it's like flamingo pink, orange, and blue. yellow. Oh, all together. Oh. Crimmed in white. So yeah, that's like exactly. Sure. That's very similar to the to one that was post Yeah. Yeah. But it's great, similar great to great color combination all together. They all blend together. You can't see the difference. Yeah. And um yeah. That. That's personal preference. That's that's not for me. I like something that stands out. So yeah. uh in, yeah. in the line of, of customization stuff, right now the the three models you have, they're all considered standard, correct? Or are they ultralight or we where two, do they fall in that kind of model range? Two versions of each. We have a standard and an ultraline, ultraline, ultralight in each model. Yep. And there's a super ultralight crux in development that should knock on wood be done within the next couple of weeks. Um, and there's also a vented intention that we're we're dabbling with because there is there's a need for a vented kite. Yeah. So I'll bring um, the knife 
next week. <laughs> yeah, and and feel free to say you don't want to give away trade secrets, but uh, as far as venting, are you going to be doing it with the traditional mesh or the holes in the kite or selected panels? We really don't know. Yeah, whatever okay. is most effective for the kite. Um, we've talked about both, certainly. Uh, and I've ordered some samples of different meshes and just trying to see what might work best. But ultimately it's right now it's a laying the kite down on the ground with a knife and hacking it to pieces to figure out what's best. And, you know, fully it's, I don't, if there's an exact science to venting, nobody's telling anybody. Yep. So it's, it's what we think and where we think it'll be most effective. And first version, we were kind of close. Yeah, I mean, it, but, it was trickable, well, the high wind tricks, and it was manageable in terms of pull up uh, up to 30. And there are pictures and videos, if you look hard enough, online of it. Yep. Um, and pictures of the bridle, like, properly supporting the frame or efficiently supporting the frame. Um, and it's just nitros, and we went with helical fiberglass for all four standoffs. So it, whenever it will come out, it... It'll come out when we think it's reached its, you know. Yeah, we're, when we're it's not, right. we're not yeah. going to release anything that isn't right. Yep. So I mean, to, to the point where kites will not leave my house if I'm not confident in them. Nice. Yep. So, I mean, I think that goes with, I mean, that's the kind of, we're lucky. It goes with a lot of the kiting community as a whole. And that, yeah. that standard um and in essence makes us all better um so if we can contribute to that then hot damn you know yeah you guys are both nodding and staring off to the corner of the screen <laughs> well, i don't know if this is profound or stupid well, it is it, I, i'm thinking about you know how like little things like that they they do kind of hold the community to a higher standard and elevate it um, even if it's kind of low key elevating it and, and very passively. So I definitely appreciate, appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, so, it, sorry, it go help ahead. That, it doesn't help that I'm a perfectionist too. So, <laughs> so, uh, there will be a time at some point if I shoot you a note and say, Hey, your order's delayed. It's probably because I had to redo the sale because I wasn't happy with it. I'm sure it'll happen at some point. I hope it never does. Cause I hope. I'm perfect all the time, but it's, let's be real. Yeah. That's a standard. I hope I'm perfect all the time. <laughs> well, I mean, you've seen me fly. I'll see you in a wacky shack in two weeks. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's good. His, if it's any consolation, we have to call each other as we're developing things on each other's end. So how we work is John gets, kind of the final say if he wants to do something whether that's a different wingtip tensioning system or this or that or what have you he says hey i'll send you a sale i want to try this um i will respond to him saying you know this does or does not fall in line with things but like ultimately he's going to have the final say on the build and i'm going to have the final say on design um the beauty of that is is that we're playing to each other's strengths and you know he wants to learn to design more and I want to learn to build more. Um, when I like 
you know, get this bloody degree done and keep working like I am, it would be great to have like a real studio and get more into that. So again, this goes back to what we're talking about with the standards in other parts of the community. Like we're like a pretty good, very blunt team. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's kind of how that, that whole thing works, which is pretty nice. All right, so knowing we're kind of still in post-pandemic restrictions getting lifted and everything's kind of up in the air as far as kite events and travel. I know you guys can't really lock down this question or give a very definitive answer, but when it comes to people maybe seeing one of your kites in person or getting their hands on it and getting to fly one, uh, what are some opportunities that are coming up that they might be able to chat with you guys or get their hands on uh, one of your kites? Lion Township. Next weekend, for sure. Um, two Rivers, Labor Day. Algoma. Wisconsin, Algoma. The week before Wisconsin, Labor Day. Wisconsin. Um, there's been talk of Whiskiff and Kite Party, but we cannot confirm or deny that. Um, I'm a sucker for kite party, uh, and I was going to go before good old Rona shut down the world. You had your ticket bought and everything. I did. I actually didn't get refunded for them, which was oh. terrible. Um, but I really want to go. Um, that vibe is just so much like yeah. where, I, where I excel. Um, just it's a nerd vibe. Um, yeah, there... Um, where did we talk about going a while ago? Was it Wildwood? I mean, obviously yeah. we can't go this year. Yeah. Well, but... it was this weekend. Yeah. So there are plans. Yeah, we need this. to get out. I mean, we want to get out of the Midwest. We're both yep. in the Midwest. Evan's in Michigan. I'm in Iowa. Uh, I spent some time on the West Coast last year with the Spur a little bit, kind of touring around. Nick, you saw it. And Paul saw it. A couple others. But we need to get out to some coasts and mm – -hmm let people with, with happy wind fly it. Yep. Mid, Midwest wind is angry. Yep. So there are, there are plans, but we can't really give you a clear picture because God knows, you know, the world could change tomorrow. Yeah. So. And on the talk to us side of things, we're currently very, very available. Shoot us a fake Facebook message, email, whatever. Devin can speak to flight and design a heck of a lot better than I can. And, you know, if you have build questions or, or mm -hmm. ham fisted questions, I can help you with those. Yep. Like for durability questions. Yeah. For example, like for lion township coming up June 5th and 6th, uh, a group of people are coming in from out of town. So uh, I'm meeting one with John on Thursday at the shop. We're going to go to dinner and then we're going to split um, some time on the field, both teaching and also filming for the line. Friday, we're going to get um, a bunch of people crew together. Coming in Friday. Great crew coming in. Um, I'm organizing like a big dinner, which is kind of like dinner, is what yeah, we call it. Kind of like a, you know, go to the shop if you're coming in on Friday, get what you need. Hint, hint. They're great people and they have great stuff. So go do it. Um, Kites and fun things. Yeah. And then uh, we're all going to either meet them at the shop or uh, meet at a brewery right next to the venue. Um, and we're going to fly on Friday night. And then I am doing an ask me anything kind of clinic format Saturday night into a night fly. Um, 
So that's obviously the day after Friday. And then Sunday, we're just going to be around until people run out of questions. Whether that is flying, whether that's... Yeah, we don't intend on really going anywhere until it's until it's all done. Yep. So if we have to get up early and... Well, like, I, for example, like I have to teach a summer intensive for music this summer. Like, if I have to get up early, which I will at 4 or 5 o'clock and do which prep. And, yeah, and prep to leave at 8. This is what I usually do when John's here. Then whatever. I mean, there's people that open Starbucks at four. What the? Hell, why is it a problem? Nick, you're up at like three o'clock, jumping in icy lakes and lifting heavy things. Yep, yep. I wake up about three forty-five every morning. <laughs> yeah, like you do what you got to do. It's not even. It's it's not a question. You just kind of do it. This yeah, is what and we do. It's yep. very much who Devin and I are on being available and open and honest and all that but it's also part of part of kind of our what what canvas is too like we're here to give back to the community we don't i mean i'm not gonna flat out give you the blueprint to scale but you know it's we're gonna be there to talk to you to listen to you and and help you along the way and i know why you're laughing Devin. yeah i just sent it to her too i know <laughs> So we want to be open. We want to be available. Yeah, life will happen at some point and work might get in the way of me answering your message within five minutes, but <laughs> which I usually do. I'm usually typically very responsive and that's just who I am. And we want to be able to, to be open to answer questions and, and help people out in their kiting journey or, or life journey or whatever may have it. So what's the best way for folks to contact you? I mean, I you guys are regulars on the Sport Kite podcast, but uh, if they wanted to contact uh, Canvas Kite Designs, go ahead and plug where they can find you, your website, your Facebook, all that other good stuff. Carrier yeah. pigeon? Uh, I do take pigeons, mm -hmm. although my cats may not. Oh, yeah. Uh, Facebook is probably going to be the quickest through our Canvas Kite Designs page on Facebook. Also through our website, our email is on there, info at canvaskitedesigns.com. Devin and I both have access to all of those. So, you know, if if I see an email come through and I don't know the proper answer, I'll say, hey, can you respond to this and vice versa. So uh, typically outside of once we're signing our email so you know who it's from, but Facebook will be the quickest response would be my guess. We do have an Instagram too, which I check frequently, mm -hmm. but Facebook messaging is, is going to be the quickest in my opinion. Are you guys going to have a YouTube channel with uh, videos and stuff like that? Um, to be we're, determined. We're not sure if we're going to make a separate channel. Like we might just put it on mine because there's a bunch of kiters that have already like subscribed to me. Um, and there's some, a lot of arts colleagues that are actually interested, which I'm kind of excited about. Um, so yeah, I, we're not sure. Um, we are going to film or try to film with multiple different cameras and some tripods, um, in the next couple of weeks. Um, I need to get uh, a slot machine video as like a, a rough tutorial, um, for a good friend on the West coast and he'll give me some feedback and we'll see um what you know what that kind of looks like um and how much time it takes because being separated 
uh, you know, whether I'm living in Wisconsin or Madison, Wisconsin or Michigan at the time, um, it's still a hike from Iowa. So getting together and hoping for the proper wind and all that is, we need to make sure that we know what's going on with timetables. So yeah, we have some, I do have an agenda for next week. So Yep, I, he told me to write out an itinerary, and he got a big old email this morning. Yep, at 4 o'clock. Thank you. There's that early thing. But, yeah, we have plans. And I know there's there's so many people that just say we have plans, right? Like, So ultimately, you can believe it or not, like, when it comes out, you can decide for yourself. There's not really another way to say it. So, yeah. YouTube channel, I, I would like to, but it takes away from time building fights. <laughs> Correct. And <laughs> yeah, I feel you. <laughs> it does, and if you know you want your kites this year, I suppose we might have to table that for now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we do get video, uh, you know, either from Sport Kite Camp or something else, we'll definitely put it out on sportkite.org and and help promote you guys. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're your... absolutely going to film when I'm in town next week. So there will be filming done. You know, I post a, a snippet of the crux the other day, and Devin's posting some snippets of of Spurs. And there was an intention. It would be nice to. Yeah, um, it'd be nice to put a full full video out there. Yeah. Kitty. Stuart. Hi, Kitty. <laughs> for for those listeners, the listeners can see my cat. Yeah, <laughs> the cat just walked across the screen, and uh... <laughs> anyways, um, yeah. Sometimes yeah. we forget this because we're doing this either in person over or over uh, a video conferencing that mm -hmm. uh, our listeners can't actually see us nodding our heads or cats walking across the screen. So if you can yeah. imagine a one-eyed cat walking in front of me, you've got it. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see where all of this goes. Um, ultimately, just like the vented intention and everything else, like it needs to be right before it goes out. And and right is a relative term. It's going to change as standards change, or the market, or whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't necessarily know if a timeline is healthy. I think maybe a projected timeline for further assessment down the road of like, okay, we've either gotten ahead or fallen behind or whatever is good. But right is the end goal. <laughs> so. Well, that's a, that's a really good stopping point. So we'll go ahead and leave it with that and we'll make sure to uh, include all your contact info Again, folks can get a hold of you on Facebook at Canvas Kite Designs or on Instagram. And if they're feeling really edgy, they can always try and reach you through here at the, the podcast because you guys are frequent attendees and, and co-contributors to the Sport Kite right. podcast. So, all right, you guys got any very last parting words before I go ahead and move on? Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. We've had, uh, it was in my eyes, the launch that we did on Monday. Yeah, I was worried. I was like, is, is this actually gonna, gonna happen? And we've had a, a very nice response, uh, through social media, through orders. So it's, it's reassuring that what we're doing is, is the right thing. 
Yeah, um, piggybacking off of that, it it was a little nuts. Um, it's no secret that my confidence tends to be a little low, um, and a lot of the, I got a lot of calls. I got texts uh, from people that I haven't heard of in a long time, saying like, you know, we're so glad that you're coming into your own. Like, we support you. We're you know we're thrilled. We know how much you you know this matters and blah blah blah. Um, you know, we're really looking forward to it. I did not see that coming. I just kind of thought they'd be like, cool, another kite company. Like, let's see how this goes. Um, and I knew people were excited, but um, yeah, it was really nice. And it also, it pushes us both. Like we talked about it. It, it makes it a bit more personal in a good way. Um, and it's, I think it's just going to keep the bar where it should be. So the bar where it needs to be. Yep. So that's, that's good. Ultimately, I mean, that's all you can ask for. It doesn't matter what you're doing. So anyways, that's that. Yep. Thank you to the people. <laughs> Yay, people. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Sport Kite Podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And we'd love it if you shared this with your friends, family, and anyone else you know that might be interested in sport kite flying or actually kite flying in general. So we hope to be bringing you something new every week and we're gathering your questions together and bringing them to the crew uh, or to other experts to discuss on future episodes. So if you have something you would like to ask or you're just kind of wondering about something sport kite related or even just kite related, go ahead and send us an email at info at sportkite.org. We would love to hear from you. By the way, if you like what you've heard here and you'd like to see it continue, consider becoming a supporter. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash sportkite. Thanks for listening and let's get out there and get to flying. <laughs>